You are listening to a Stick Boy We Talk production in association. podcast i'm your host joel johnson we are without a few of the key people within the show but we're going to keep it going i am joined by the co-founder of we talk podcast morton how are you i'm good it's uh if you didn't say it right though it's your <laughs> ruffling podcast well, well that's you you've covered us there then and we're also joined by the senator how are you i need to get like a good intro too because i got more work on it it's not for this episode but yeah and, and i won't be doing the hosting duties most, most i got homework time. i got homework now uh, <laughs> uh, but we're here to talk about pro wrestling i didn't uh very briefly because i didn't get to be on the post mania show i thought night one was good for mania and i thought night two was just night two of wrestlemania there were a lot more flaws there they've been sold uh vince booked one show and the sky was falling and now vince is gone now so everything's fine so it's i don't know what's what let's start there so we had smackdown and we had raw that went good there's no vince mcmahon backstage but we had that monday night raw after that was vince mcmahon's doing and was probably the worst thing they've done in a while what do you guys make of vince being there not being there how did how does this gonna work for WWE moving forward, is this just a once in a blue moon Vince is going to pop up, or is is there more? Is this just a one off? Um. So here's 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 the thing. So the last the last year of wrestling podcast that we recorded was right after the Monday Night Raw that Vince was there for, and myself, Brett, Josh, Morden we had we had like a therapy session on the podcast of <laughs> from how horrible of an episode that was and when you look at what happened on this the past uh monday night raw to know that there was travel issues and how many superstars weren't able to make it to the show and that show was still booked a hundred and a hundred and fifty times better than the one raw that Vince was there just shows you. I think he just does this to mess with people. He doesn't actually do it because he wants to. I think he literally just goes there and says, All right, I just want y'all to know that I'm still here. So we're gonna rewrite everything as the show's going on. And if you don't like it, you know, there's a next company I guess you could go to, but you're locked under contract and we're not going to let you out. So do what you want. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's difficult to know if this is a one-off or not. I mean, this is a guy, everybody knows about Vince McMahon's ego. I mean, we'd be talking about, I mean, every episode we've ever done has talked in some format about Vince McMahon's ego, you know? And the idea that he is going to sit back and, and especially when he hears, you know, 
I mean, his, I'm not saying his ears to the ground and he's hearing all the rumblings, the fire, Vince, and everything like that after Raw. But anything he does here that is negative towards him just makes him want to stick it in your craw that much more because that's who he is. So, I mean, does is he gone? Are we going to see him back? Is he going to, can he help himself? Who knows? I mean, he's being far more restrained than I expected him to be. But I think the fear is still there that this guy's going to get more involved. And as he does, the product's going to go down. And the more that you tell him you don't like what he you're, he's feeding you, the more he's going to say, well, you're going to like it. I'm going to feed it to you, whether you, you know, no matter what you think. So I'm, I'm afraid, like I'm very cautious right now, post mania on my raw and SmackDown watching and, and WWE, because it's it beca- has instantly become a product that I'm scared to follow too much for fear of disappointment. It's it's really interesting because like and I, I just try to imagine being a talent where you show up to work and you're just as much invested in the weekly Vince McMahon watch. Is he there? Is he not there? If he is there, what type of day of work am I going to have? If he's not there, then everything should run smoothly. And you even hear reports that morale was in the shitter when he was there. And when he wasn't there, morale was climbing back up. It's got to be really hard to live in a world where you have no idea if you, what type of day at work you're going to have. Because one crazy old man who can't let go will show up and just throw everything out and have rewrites and this and that it's it can't be a healthy it can't be healthy for the i I will say this is he's a crazy man i don't think it's anything to do with his age i don't think he's a crazy old i think he's just a crazy man yeah you know and i i I don't think it's you know the the age is why i think it's it's uh just his personality and um perhaps he hasn't followed recent trends in the wrestling industry and the world too carefully but i don't think it's i wouldn't call him a crazy old man he is insane though i mean <laughs> absolutely the guy I, is insane he's probably it, been, been insane since the territory days it's um it's like i listened to the exact point that you made joel but then i feel it 10 times more yeah. because as of wrestling fan that watches wwe anytime you see a tweet that says vince isn't backstage then you're like okay i'm gonna i'm excited to watch what's about to happen then you if you see a tweet that says vince is in the building he doesn't even have to be by gorilla position he's just in the building and you're just like oh okay what is gonna happen on this one here especially when you saw the tweet of that Seth Rollins segment and the person was the producer went out to him during the commercial break. And then when they came back, that's the segment that we got. It was like, did you just rewrite this during the commercial break and tell somebody to go out there and tell him you're just going to stand there with your hand in the air while the crowd sings, and then you're going to leave. Very WCW really. Very, very Jericho much. when he returned. Yeah, that's true too. 
it's go ahead go ahead joel i you got like we've heard so much rumbling about talent being unhappy happy drew mcintyre bailey oscar and there's been rumblings about seth bailey one seems to have kind of died down now it seems like she's still there but you don't know there could there could still be uh fire to that smoke that was kind of kind of coming out uh but when you start hearing top talent kind of being like i'm not happy with it it's but vince doesn't care that's the thing that's the thing where it makes any of these conversations like a non-point because vince doesn't care because it's been established that ww it doesn't matter what talent vince mcmahon has all that matters is the wwe brand and he sold it for nine billion dollars he sold wwe and he made a shit ton of money, so none of it matters. How the talent field doesn't matter. You look at what FTR said uh, earlier in the week where they were talking about why they signed with AEW. They're like, we're just a number of WWE. Here in AEW, it feels like Tony cares. Whether, like, Dax, I've, I've struggled a little bit with Dax, especially with the podcast, but we're in a we're in a situation where it's kind of, like, yeah, everyone is just a number in WWE, except Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the only one that's not a number in that company. Oh, Brock. Or Brock. I think you can say Brock, too. Yeah, those two. Or yeah. if they get the Rock for for 40, then, yeah. then it's that. It's all the, it's the nostal- it's the nostalgic stuff that, that Vince hasn't left the Attitude Era. Yeah. Let's just, let's just be completely honest. He switched to PG ratings but wants to do wants it to feel like the attitude era which is the biggest conflict because you can't do it that you can't have both things it's either you're going to do pg but then elevate your talent in a way that they can actually showcase themselves one of the things i do appreciate is the fact that they're really kind of against all the bloodshedding all the time because that's one of the things for AEW that i just can't stand anymore it's just yeah. every I every episode of Dynamite, I don't need to see somebody bleeding. Like I I'm okay. Um so I do appreciate that because when you do see it, you know that it was either it was unintentional and then they really just fought through it. I give them a lot of praise for what they did in the Finn Balor match with Edge during WrestleMania to make sure that he was properly looked at before continuing, because we saw what was the Matt Hardy match there where in AEW? Um, oh, it was no, I think it was just when Guevara threw a chair at him and he was basically just, I think he was yeah. like out. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, that was brutal. That, yeah, that type of stuff. We don't want to see that stuff anymore. Like, we've gone through the attitude era with all the unprotected chair sh- shots, all that stuff. And when you, as you get older and you look back at it, you're like, damn like i can't believe they got away with doing all this type of stuff well again i mean we talked about it last time i mean i was talking about how tony khan needs to dial these people back in in the dangerous stuff they're doing you know because we're we're gonna see too many dangerous situations already and they've been pretty lucky in how few accidents that they've had compared to the amount of dangerous situations they're allowing the performers into. And uh, it is, I agree with you. I mean, I, I remember the tr- group text uh, for the, uh, for the um, 
I think Revolution pay-per-view, the John Moxley Hangman Page match. I put it in there. It's like the over-under on how long before Moxley bleeds is five minutes. And it went just under three before he was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's getting old, you know? It, and you don't have a lot of momentum for AEW right now. They've kind of settled in at their mark of just under 900,000. And, you know, their 0. 0.25, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 rating, which is still solid ratings for, you know, what they're being paid and everything like that. But it's not like it's not like Warner Brothers is unhappy by any means with, with a, what they're getting. But the overall uh, trajectory of the company going up and the uh, the product they're presenting, whether or not it can reach a higher mainstream uh, audience, seems unlikely. With all the bleeding and all the the, the stunts and, and the different things, at the end of the day, you got to have some good storytelling, and that's what WWE has certainly improved is the good storytelling. Now, I do feel like right now they are struggling to find that next great angle for themselves. Like they they kind of, you know everything built up to WrestleMania and now they're kind of struggling to find like, you know, Trish Stratus turning heel doesn't exactly make me go, I can't wait to watch next week. You know, like they're, they don't have that next thing right now, but at least their style is, is makes you think that they probably will find another angle coming up. Whereas it's been a while since we've seen that from AEW. I wonder if I wonder. Sorry, Joel. Oh no, just a quick question. I wonder if they, because me and Josh were about to record the NBA podcast at that point when that turn was happening, and I was like, "That's kind of quick that they did all of that." So I'm wondering if it was just because there was so many talent that wasn't able to make it, and they were like, "We need." something to fill up the time because it's still a three-hour episode of raw right like let's see if we can just play this whole thing out now i feel like they wanted to slow burn it and it was supposed to be like that lead a segment first then they lose the belt and then like next week would be something where where lita's like um you know like kind of just building it building it up for maybe one or two more weeks but because there was no seth no like Riddle and Sammy got there pretty much while the show was being recorded, which is why they had to, why they just kind of shot it as them running in from outside to go save Kevin Owens, like that they had to fast track the Trish, the Trish turn. Cause that and, and it would have been more effective, certainly if they didn't yeah. fast track it. I mean, and I, you're probably right in that that probably was the plan, but the point for me is that, even if it's done mm-hmm. well at the end of the day, I'm going, is Trish Stratus and Lita in 2023? I'm not, I'm, my level of investment is, is not going to be that high just because it's not 2003, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I do feel like that, uh, like I say, I, I do trust that they'll find an angle, yeah. uh, find something. And, and I do trust that their storytelling, if Vince McMahon isn't there, will be better. They show, they're show they showing far more patience, you know, as a general rule. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really funny because, like, we're, I'm not feeling overly confident with AEW 
but I still enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Raw, I'm cautiously optimistic, but only cautiously optimistic because there's the Vince McMahon looming over there. Yeah. So this week I've been uh, spending a lot of time actually trying to catch up on my New Japan. And it's because they also have no momentum. They don't have any hot characters right now. They don't have any hot angles right now. It's easy to forget that week in, week out, if you're watching them, they're actually providing easily the best wrestling product. Mm -hmm. They still are. Like I I watched, uh, you know, uh, Promo versus Yo from February 5th. I hadn't seen it. And this match is like 75 stars. You know, and and that's just two guys who are, you know, in the in the junior heavyweight division, they happen to get the main event slot. But I mean, it's not like Yo is some massive star or anything like yeah. that. Or, you know, um, Hiromu's a star, but still in the junior heavyweight division. Then you have this fantastic match, and and it kind of it's like, I wish that they were doing something to grab my attention more, so I know, so I would sit there and go, oh, I can't wait to watch. I'm gonna watch this. Like, I'm going to watch this every week because, um, like I say, WWE is, they peaked at Mania, and now we're going to see where they go. And AEW hasn't peaked for a while. So the the window is there for New Japan, and I just don't think they're going to be able to take advantage of it. It's it's really interesting because, like, I even look at the Cody promo from Monday, and... That's nice. Cody's a great promo. Like you can't take it away, but it feels like they're leaning more into Cody the failure instead of Cody. I was cheated out of the title because he was cheated out of the title. If Soko had Ahsoka hadn't attacked him, he probably would have won that match. But it just feels like they're not leaning into the proper thing with Cody, which just makes me not as excited for the Cody Rhodes redemption arc. Because it's not like I got screwed. I'm going to redeem myself. Come hell or high water, I'm going to prove that, you know, when the when it's chip the chips are down and it's me versus Roman, I'm winning that match and I'm going to do it. I came close. I'm going to do it. At some point, I am going to beat Roman. It was like, yeah, I failed. I'm I'm failed. I'm simplifying everything, but it just felt like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm a failure. And I'm going to now challenge Brock and I'm going to beat Brock and then I'm going to start climbing my way out of the hole. It's the idea that he's saying, I have no excuses. I'm not going to make excuses. But I know what you're saying is it's not necessarily coming across like I have no excuses as much as it's coming across like I just wasn't good enough. And and that's not what you want. No, you you. Cody can cut an incredible baby face promo. We've seen it from basically from aw onward but it just feels like you're you you should be tapping into that and that's my fear with cody moving forward with wwe and this build to him versus roman again it's like are you going to be able to have cody as hot as he was at wrestlemania like that's my big question are you going to be able to recapture that moment that you had at wrestlemania 39 with cody rhodes well, we talked about how they hadn't had that in 10 years, really. Yeah. And then they had it simultaneously with Cody and Sammy, you know, in, in this in the same era. But they hadn't had that, that since, you know, Daniel Bryan a, a decade ago. So, I mean, the idea that you could bring people up like that, it's not so easy. It, it, it's a rare thing to get people that hot. And it's always, 
and everything comes down to timing too. And if you look at it, like for Daniel Bryan, it was Daniel Bryan organically getting himself to that place. For Cody, Cody had a really good um, WrestleMania debut. He had a really good trilogy with Seth. But the crowd, that whoa, like the whoa part never really got loud until the run to Mania. Like that's when you you organically the start good for his momentum. Yeah, like you literally heard the injury do finishing the hell in the cell match, even not being a surprise for Royal Rumble, but them announcing it that he's gonna be at the Rumble and building to that, like all that stuff played a good part into the story. And then each week we heard the crowd getting into the song with them, where they would have to play two verses of of his songs so that they could do the woe twice. Like it was as big as it could get, just like the yes movement got huge because of the person and how, not because WWE booked it that way. It was them getting behind the person. Though they will tell you they booked it that way. Oh, of course they, they booked it that way. But uh, (laughs) it's just like Becky Lynch when she had her nose broken. That was the plan all along. Yeah. Kofi. Yeah, Mustafa Ali was meant to get injured so Kofi could take his place. Like, this is, it's never one of the stuff that they actually planned. So now that they're actually planning it, the crowd isn't going to be behind them as much as it was at Mania. We know that. Can they get to 85, 90% is probably the highest that they're going to get compared to what they were at at Mania. And I don't even think they're going to get there. It'll probably be 75, 70 to 75% of that is what they'll get back to. And there, there are moments, there are organic moments that you can grab onto and be like, this is a genuine moment that we can replay on WWE Network, on Peacock, or wherever the hell it is in five, 10 years. And we'd be like, see, look, look, we're so smart. We did such a great job here. And look at what we captured with Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, whoever. And now when you get to that moment, it's going to be, again, it's going to be how brilliant we are, how smart we are, how talented we are. But then you're going to see the moment and go, like, for me, I'm going to be like, it could have been better. You could have had a genuine, incredible moment. And you have a good moment. When you when when you want to capture that feeling of just just like being so excited, like for me, I I always go back to for me the the most recent time I was like I almost jumped out of my chair was when I was in Winnipeg for AEW and Kenny came out and they were wrestling that match. I was off the walls excited. I was having so much fun and that was actual emotion. That was me being so excited for that match. And there were people in the crowd for WrestleMania 39 that were like me for Kenny, were ready to jump out of their chair for Cody, and they got blue balled. And it was to get Roman to a thousand days. And it's probably to get to Roman to next year's mania. And it's like at some point I'm like, I'm I'm over it. I'm 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 over this long streak with the title. It's just it's not doing it for me anymore. Well, the thing is, someday he has to lose the title. Yeah. Someday. 
you don't want when that day happens to be another five years from now and for it to be cold for some reason. You know, you when it does happen, you want it to be hot. You can't guarantee that it's going to be hot again. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 it's a very difficult balance, you know? Because uh, I'm going to ask you guys this question. Where does Roman go next? How do you... Because essentially the Sammy stuff is more or less kind of done. It's still there, but Sammy had his big moment at Mania. The fans had that release of him winning at WrestleMania. Where does Roman and the bloodline go that can keep their storyline as hot as it was at the start of the year? So here's here's one of the things that I feel like they advertise Buno's longest with the WWE championship, all this stuff. But how often was he wrestling? The shows weren't every week. The pay-per-views weren't every month. The You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that same situation. So I feel like them saying, was, was it a five-year run? He actually wrestled more than Roman is. I mean, it's just that they weren't all big matches. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know? what I mean. Like, like the televised the these these stuff, but it's just one of those weird ones. Because even if you look at even if you look early, late eighties, early nineties, like just kind of like the Raw, Monday Night Raw, Sunday Night shows, Saturday Night shows, they were just always there as they were shorter. They were. They showcased many different people. It wasn't the same people on each each episode, and now you can really tell who's going to be on what shows at all the time. Like when Triple H announcement was on SmackDown was the draft. It was like, oh, okay, you now that was just jumping the shark for me because. I think more than we talked about it on <laughs> on the Monday night show before where we're like, all right, Tony Khan, if he comes out and he says there's a next announcement, I'm tired of them. Triple H made me tired of his announcements after two. <laughs> one, one was then, now, together, forever, pretty much. And the second one was there's a draft. Yeah. Okay. The, draft did not, the draft did nothing for me. I'm like, so you're going to, because because we know that as it, the draft is only as good as the convenience, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as it's inconvenient in any way to, to have for people to not be, or to be exclusive to one of the shows, it ends. Who opened you know? Raw? Good point. Ray Mysterio with a big SmackDown thing on there that said Ray Mysterio. Like none of these None of these, the Usos aren't the tag champs anymore, but they're still on Raw the whole time. Like, it's the draft doesn't matter. No. Well, uh, I did look it up. Uh, Bruno San Martino defended his title. Uh, he would defend it sometimes twice in a single day, but he defended his title 409 times. So, def- you are absolutely correct, Morton. He defended way more than uh, Roman. Probably. But they weren't all big matches is the yeah. thing. He would yeah. defend them. Uh, I mean, it was different. It was a different era where he would they would build up an opponent for him. They would get that opponent to the point where he would face them and maybe beat them. 
but the, the opponent would get their their heat back or he would beat them by DQ. He would beat them by count out. It wouldn't be the big win until they built to the big match like two to three months down the road where it was like a cage match or no DQ or something where the other guy couldn't escape and he would really get his hands on him and settle it. So it was a different thing where, you know, it's just a different business model, right? Mm-hmm. Than what we have now. Follow-up question for you, Morden. Sure. Did any of them, did Bruno's match ever have a tractor involved? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't remember a single tractor (laughs) in, you know, in any, no, I don't think that that was, no, no. I I can't think of the first tractor was what, the uh, Bunkhouse Stampede or something like that? Uh, was that the first tractor in WCW? Probably, uh, to tell you the truth. <laughs> At least as far as I know, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is really interesting to me, what, what can you do next with Roman Reigns to keep him and the bloodline at that level? Because you have to keep them at, the, at a top level. Well, right now, it's about the tension between the Usos and Roman, right? And yeah. you let, they let him down, and so they're they're hoping that that storyline will be able to take off. And who knows, it may, it may, it may not. And we're joined uh, by a guy. I'm going to bring this podcast down, but go ahead. He has something to say. He's also very disappointed right now because I just looked over at the score. I'm very mad right now. I'm very mad right now. Oh, Um, are you kidding me? I thought they were a lock. uh, Yeah, I knew they weren't. I've watched this team all year. (laughs) People have been going, oh, they're a lock. I'm like, yeah, you haven't seen them as much as I have. There'll be momentum. Uh, Anyways. So the one thing with the with the uh, with the Roman thing is the one thing I'm really sick of is we got to solve the Blake problem, we got to solve the Sami Zayn problem, we got to solve the KO problem. Apparently, yesterday they solved the KO problem with Solo Sokoa winning that. Um, by all by all meters, it sounds like the plan right now is Bobby versus Roman at um, at Saudi. That's what that seems to be. So, uh, sure whatever uh I, I do think they've lost a little bit of the momentum and as i kind of talked about in our group chat and forgive me if you guys were talking about this earlier as i just jumped in now but um the cody thing more or less just seems to be like like i said i don't think cody will be near the bloodline or near roman until everyone thinks he's going to face him at SummerSlam. he is not i will guarantee you he is not going near him at SummerSlam. i don't know what cody will do but he will not be near roman at SummerSlam. best case scenario maybe he's involved in something with a war games or survivor series match. Cause I don't want to say war games for sure. Now that we know uh, Voldemort is back. Um, but I, I, I don't see him being involved until at least survivor series in that side. But, you know, I thought uh, Trevor Dame on Twitter, uh, as I was just looking about up a really good point of, you know, Cody brought up that rubber chicken thing the other day, which is funny. And the memes have been really funny and all that kind of jazz. And I know Adam and I particularly have joked about the rubber chicken in the ring, but the, the joke the the idea right now for Cody these last two days, uh, last two Raws, uh, hasn't been as much as you cheated and you stole my moment from me, which is what it should be, as I can see Joel celebrating. It's, this is what we talked about, yes. Okay, yeah, it's it's yeah. I got defeated. I got defeated. I, I'm the one who choked. It's like, but no, and, and, and Joel has mentioned this copious amount of times of Roman, no one has really brought it up yet that Roman hasn't been able to do things correctly at times yet. I mean, and look, I mean, from my understanding, Jacob Fatu is about to be a free agent. So 
be prepared when we have a match. Maybe it isn't Saudi. If they say like, hey, Roman is facing blank, but the Usos can't come down and Solo Sequoia can't come down. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, it's, who's that? And then it's going to be Jacob Fatu. Just well, watch because that's what's going to happen. It's mm, mm, I, I don't think copious means what you think it does, but um, no, I mean. <laughs> plenty, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> but i just want no, i'm I just, just no, i'm just bugging you yeah. i'm just gonna say you know i i think that the SummerSlam will probably be a, the blow off for cody and brock most likely do you think it's going to SummerSlam? see i i, I, I thought so. he would brock lose the that rarely i think he loses the backlash cody wins in saudi brock fucks off cody loses money in the bank and then whoever screws him up money in the bank or gets it his way money in the bank, then you can parlay that into SummerSlam, parlay that into Hell in the Cell or whatever pay-per-views in between that. And then you kind of have a little bit of a gap there in the fall to kind of start things up again. I kind of think that's where we're going. We're getting about uh, two months here with Cody Brock. He'll go in money in the bank and say, that's how I'm going to finish the story, yada, yada, yada. And we all know who's winning money in the bank, right? We all know it's Logan Paul, right? I just want to say that I just want to say this to you, Josh. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping in in the middle of the pot. But as wrestling fans, we we've strived for long term booking. Yeah, right. And there is no bigger long time booking than Roman Reigns saying, "We need to solve the KO problem. We need to solve the Sammy problem. The Brock problem." Because it all led up to this, where you yeah, have to where you have to solve the riddle. That's <laughs> what he did there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that well, that's, well, that's all all long term booking. This was two years built up for Riddle's return, just for that one thing. Okay, yeah. we're good. Vince wow. is good. Vince is about to pay us off. Yeah. It's that's that's right. They will, you know. I never realized it until you mentioned it, though. Here, Josh, that the something about war games. If they don't take advantage of Cody and war games, that's mm-hmm. an utter fail, isn't it? But that'd because be in November. That's, again. A, that's a story that's just and I, like I said with, already with Voldemort in charge, or at least back there. I mean, he hasn't seemed like he's been on the script the last few the, as much involved in the last few days. Though we did get medical local medical facility yesterday by Becky. Um, I wouldn't, I need someone, by the way, I gotta, I gotta, if I have some time tomorrow, I'm going to send this to Botchamania of, you know, that, that, um, you know, that, that Simpsons episode when Bart says, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole like classroom around, like say the line I want to do, like put like heads in all the classroom and have like Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon and have them like say the line. And then just like, kind of like. Have like Becky kind of put her head down, like local medical facility. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the you do, you don't so you can't really count on a war games. Is what I'm saying for Survivor Series. It may just be a typical five and five Survivor Series because Vince typically has not liked the idea of war games because it's wrestling and anything that's like typical back in the day wrestling. Vince has no desire. Uh, he didn't come up with it, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the other well, thing. And he destroyed he that. And that's what he destroyed, right? He destroyed yeah. the Von Erics. He destroyed the Crockett's. He destroyed the Hearts. Like he, uh, Portland, he had, he, he's the one that took away these, this idea of that generation of wrestling. So he doesn't want anything to do with it. Now, 
hopefully it leads to war games and you can build to that. And that's Cody maybe building his way up. Like I, I've said in our group chat, I think Cody's winning the rumble again. Um, but their, their whole idea is what they're trying to do is you can see from the parallels is when, when, um, uh, Cena lost to the rock and that whole parallel that Cena worked his way back. Right. Um, and they're going to try to do that same thing with Cody. I and look, Cody is still hot. Like Senator and I both watch Raw last night. I don't know. I know Joel definitely didn't watch Raw because I know he's past that now at this point. I don't know if you did, Morton. Um, I was on YouTube to watch the clips. Cody's still over. So yeah. like the, the crowd is still loving Cody. So that, there's no doubt about that. So you have skated by on that. But just think about how thrilling it would be right now if Brock turned on Cody at that Raw. And that's the first challenger for the Cody Rhodes Championship right now is he has to face the beast, Brock Lesnar, because Brock was the one at the last WrestleMania. I tried to beat Brock Lesnar, uh, uh, Roman Reigns. I couldn't. Now I'm going to take your ass out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't King and Queen of the Ring and and Saudi Arabia day 1,000 for for Roman Reigns? I think it's like day 999. Okay, so essentially day 1,000. He gets past less, that, yeah. he gets to 1,000. Yeah. To me, I'll that means you, you need a hotter challenger than, than Lashley. To me, that's, that's almost, that should be mania level, you know, the idea that he's reaching 1,000. Yeah, but who is that then? Well, that's the problem. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure before the year is out that the reason they've kept Sokoa so strong is so that he can face Roman. So I have no doubt that at some point they're going to build to that match. So do you think you get to Mania and Roman has lost everybody? He's lost Usos, he's lost Sequoia. All he has are the championships left. Oh my! I don't know exactly how they're going. All I know is I think that they think that's the next big match they can book. And I mean, there's also the side. Do we not also think there's a side too that they still will go with Dwayne at Mania? No, we're going to have a McMahon in every. <laughs> McMahon in every corner, but then you know what? That's like Rose, and uh, is that not 20 years later, too? Because was WrestleMania 20 not that? I think yeah. so, yeah. No, it was wasn't Wrestle- WrestleMania 20. No, it wasn't WrestleMania 20. It was- yeah, let's forget about WrestleMania 20. Let's that never yeah, happened. Let's, let's, yeah, that's right. That never redacted. It's gonna redacted. be Linda backing Jimmy. <laughs> well, Shane, Stephanie doesn't exist anymore. Stephanie Shane, doesn't exist. She got photoshopped out. Shane, you saw hardest, the Logan Paul picture. Shane, the hardest hitting McMahon is gonna back uh, Solo. <laughs> Stephanie's go. gonna back Jay, and of course Vince is gonna back Roman. Like. <laughs> We so, might even uh, have Heyman in the Shark Tank again. When we're talking about everything, let's not let's not forget the Austin Theory factor. Oh yeah, <laughs> when we're talking about all this, like it, it's it's the one thing that has driven me absolutely insane about Roman is I've seen people now going, well, Roman's now obviously on the Mount Rushmore with Hogan, Cena, and Austin. I'm like, no he's not it's no no he's not in that class it's like i hear you know what, joel i want to ask you a question because pollock and way were just they on the review of way this week they reviewed the cm punk podcast and i remember you and i you telling me about that podcast and it was at 2, 12 a.m pollock brought up the fact and i'm interested in your thoughts on this joel first that 
Punk was the one that made the fans turn against Roman because the fans never did. I'm like, that's complete horseshit. The fans yeah. turned against yeah. uh, Roman before the Punk podcast ever happened. Oh, Ro- yeah. Roman was not liked. I think the Punk podcast added another layer. It did. It added another layer because then they realized, the fans realized how much he was getting pushed down their throats. Yeah. And it's it's the one thing that even with this reign for Roman is it's like there have been some really did there. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some really great things from it but like how many times i have to hear that he's the greatest champion of all time the greatest this greatest that that's what pissed me off about mania actually was that he won by cheating and then he's on the rap in there you have to acknowledge him he's the greatest his reign is now at this many days i'm like we just watched him cheat to win you can't have it both ways you can't have him cheat to win and then tell us how great he is. And I mean, you you look at even like the match with KO where it's like handcuffs and everything used. And like, they still don't go back to the one storyline that they have that is would be perfect for Roman. And they refuse to go near it for whatever reason. Maybe their plan is to go next to it. But there's one person that Roman hasn't beaten in this whole title ring. Uncle Howdy. Rollins. you you they haven't he hasn't beaten i I think that's SummerSlam, joel i i think and also i think it's either logan or seth that will win money in the bank i mean it should be la night i don't know why vince is allergic to la night like everything that you would think is a match the free it's so weird everything you would think vince would like in a superstar it's it's la night like every single thing he is jacked he can cut a promo he's mediocre in the ring Every single thing <laughs> about LA Knight is what Vince loves. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It makes no sense, but he's so entertaining. Um, but that would make the most sense. It just, it, it's kind of, bug- and, and Joel, you brought this up plenty of times in our conversations. Like, can, can you guys, and everyone bring this, like, has Roman actually won any of these championships matches? I mean, maybe some of the J ones he did. Um, but like in the bigger matches, like has he won any of them clean? And I know I get he's a heel, he but even some Cesaro of the best clean. But that's yeah. not one of the big Bye. ones. Clean. You know, Ray when clean, you talk I about guess. the big ones, no, he doesn't win the big ones clean. No, like, how, did he, how did he win uh, the Mania match against Brian and Edge? I he think the Usos got involved. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Did they? I don't remember. I remember he's stacking them both up yeah. and pinning them both at the same time. Yeah, that Brian's in this one of his least favorite matches he's ever been in. He said he felt numb in that match. <laughs> yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. But I believe the if I if my memory serves me correctly, I believe there was a super kick from the Usos. Right. So I mean, look, and you're a heel, uh, and I get it. Like, but and the, you know, with the NWO, Hogan never won really clean either at times. Um, but uh, the difference with that is, you know, I'm weirdly going to praise WCW for a second here. Uh, despite you know, a little the, run, the booking, you know, for the belt was hot potato. It was like what the TNT title is right now. Um, at the very end, like I still thought every single night that, you know, there was a point where maybe Hogan was going to lose. And when, you know, when the time was when they had the rod hot baby face in Goldberg, they knew it was time to put the belt on Goldberg and they did it. Now the run after with Goldberg was fine until he got st- fucking cattle prodded um but at the end of the day they knew it was time to put it on on bill with the cody side of things like and you we talked about they just fucking love their numbers they love that thousand Mm -hmm. uh and look maybe cody will still be hot i I don't know he he, 
maybe he still will be. And maybe it's also a case that they want to get the thousand, uh, the thousand, and maybe Hollywood hasn't come calling for Roman Reigns yet. I don't think they will. I don't think yeah. they will. I mean, I've um, seen him in some movie. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't need to do all those movies. I'm like, Roman, I saw you in that terrible Netflix David Spade movie. You're not a good actor. <laughs> he what he's always lacked, and that's the reason. One of the reasons why the crowd turned on him, and well before the CM Punk thing. I mean, I think it was the Royal Rumble where he had like 11 eliminations where people went, you're pushing him too hard. I think mm-hmm. that was where it really started. But um, he he's always lacked a warmth, uh, a likability, you know, a, a relatability. Things that, that uh, the top baby faces have always had. He, he's always lacked that to a degree. And it's not something you can just manufacture. And I don't think that's why, that's why I don't see him coming to or being a Hollywood star, you know? He, yeah. to me, I think the problem with Roman is they tried to push him face so much for the longest time, for the longest. And that made him a heel. And they just couldn't understand. They're like, you know what? Vince was like, I know what people want, so I'm going to give it, make him face the whole time. Not going to work. He came back. The best, the most, the most uh, crowd cheers that he really got was when he announced that he recovered from, mm-hmm. it, what, what was it? Uh I don't remember exactly which one, but cancer pretty much, right? Yeah. And that, obviously, that is a feel-good moment for everybody because everybody either has somebody in their family or knows somebody that has to deal with some form of cancer. Like, oh, he, when he came back and he's like, I'm in remission. Like, that was the line that got everybody, right? And we were all we were all there for him. He came back as a heel. Finally, what everybody wanted for him. But you made him, now you're making him more of the chicken shit heel, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. which is not the heel that we wanted from Roman. Roman was supposed to be that cool heel that was just low talking the whole time, all this stuff, not scared of, not really scared of anybody. But, you know, he had his, he had his bloodline, but they got too involved they saw that people were invested in them and they just kept getting them way too involved solo being kicked out of wrestlemania and coming back it was like okay like you know what like it's the over under of how many times a uso is gonna get involved is always three (laughs) like it's like at this point that's what it is and that's that's the worst part about it. When it was just when he was feuding with Jay, it was good because it was like you weren't seeing any other Usos involved. Yeah. Even in the beginning of it, when the bloodline came together, it may be one, but it now they're coming out and they're doing four different run-ins, or Paul Heyman is blocking on one side and two are sliding in. Then there's a false kick, then there's a kick out. Then Solo shows up. Like, it's just, they're just overbooking all of his matches, and it's just taking away from what it is. He's not a, right now, he's not a good heel, and he'll never be good enough to be a face again. 
He's it feels like Jeff Jarrett's booking all his matches, doesn't it? It's 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 the Russo. at that mania match when you got the the stunner from from KO, the Haluva kick from Sammy. You could have transitioned into the bionic elbow and then crossroads. That should have been the finish. That's wrapping everything up. That's tell, having Sammy and KO involved. It's it's dirty enough that you can have Roman be like, I only lost because they got involved, which would be a good heel thing to kind of be like, yeah, no, I only lost because you guys got involved. That could have easily added another match at some point for Cody Rhodes. But you could have easily had that be a great moment where you had everyone that has been involved in this story for the last couple months be tied into it and finally have the end to it. But of course, that wasn't the finish. That wasn't the end. And we got the ending that we did. And to me, like, I know in 10 years, we're going to have a documentary on Roman Reigns. And they're going to be talking about how this is the single greatest title reign in our lifetime. And it's going to be like. No, it's not a cop. 10 years. This maybe is out, this is coming out 2025 20, <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> the day the day after roman loses the belt that's gonna be when 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 it's gonna come up you know what it's probably you're probably on a and e i mean when I mean, we talk about the greatest uh title reign of our era we do talk about okada and it was just over a year that it went on and what was it like 18 defenses or something like that? Yeah. It was 12. 12. I think he was tied. But there were 12, and they're like nine matches were five stars mm-hmm. out of the 12. And 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 it that's the great reign, not the thousand day reign, you know. I would argue Moxley's during the pandemic was better than this Roman one. Roman's just long. But Moxley carried carried AW during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Now, look, when he lost, it didn't have as much impact as when Roman will lose. But I think Roman, the reason, too, why I him losing at Mania, it was kind of the, the climax of everything, right? It's like you did what you were supposed to do, Roman. You built the championship up to now have Cody win. And I think, you know, and to me at least, it was evil the fact that Brody Jr. was there because that – and 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 Brody's yeah. wife. And, you know, that's on Cody. That's not on WWE. But the fact that they were there, I'm like, fuck. Like, if you're going to have the Huber family here, like, that's fucked up to have them there and then you not to win. And I know I think it was Matt Cardona and a few other people said uh, X-Pac brought it up, too, on his, on his show. Like, that was fucked that you had the Huber family there and then you don't pull off the win. Uh, some people were kind of speculating, well, Dustin will be a free agent at the end of the year, so maybe Dustin, they wanted Dustin to be there. I'm like, whatever. I, 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 that's beside Oh, the yeah, that, like, that's going to make it more impactful with Dustin. But, there. like, having the Huber family there, like, when Little Brody, because Joel knows, up until that point, I was Roman was winning. And then when I saw Little Brody there, I'm like, okay, oh, fuck. They, they're not this fucking stupid. But they never cease to amaze. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm just to go back to that Okada reign, like you look at, I'm scrolling through it. You had the Kenny match. You had a Suzuki match. You had the Shibata match, which now more than ever, I'm okay with because Shibata's okay and he can still wrestle. So I can live with that headbutt more. And He's like he wrestled. Champion. Yeah. I, bad luck Fale. He had a good match. Kenny Omega, the 60 minute time limit draw. Like you go through this and you go, holy shit. Like this guy, he wrestled Cody in a good match yeah like yeah. cody's tied in with this evil naito and that's saying something doing a good match with evil is hard and that's like, where you that's where you had a thing i was saying the 
the bad luck Fale was the one where I was like, oh, Both that, of them. Right yeah. there, that. He speaks to I'll take Fale over evil. Fale is better than evil. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. LA made me (laughs) evil being champion took me out of watching New Japan for a year. Like yeah. He was a weak champ. And to top it all off, his last successful title defense before he got to Omega and lost was Tanahashi. And it was to break Tanahashi or tie Tanahashi's record for title range. And that that's just smart booking. That's smart storytelling. And I know New Japan and WWE, you can't really compare because champions defend in a different way and it's very different. But at the same time, when that's the reign that I always go to. If someone asks me what's the best title reign of my lifetime, it is that title reign. It is what Okada did because there are more times than not where I was getting up first thing in the morning on the weekend and the first thing I was doing was watching that Okada title match. Whoever he was wrestling, I wanted to see. It was it was must-see TV. And when he finally lost that title, much like it would have been at WrestleMania, it was it's such a cathartic release when Kenny makes that pinfall. And you got Callus yelling, hook the leg, hook the leg, and everything that comes with that title ring. Like, for the longest time, my lock screen was Kenny standing with Coda and the Bucks holding that title because that match was just so incredible you would have had that with cody having both belts on wrestlemania 30 can we talk about a title uh, can we switch off of this because it seems redundant now can we talk about a title uh, like a title change that actually happened and that was awesome and that was sonata winning which was you know really really cool really well done and you know okada you know this ring was fine everything like that. and i don't know how long they're going to have the belt in sonata uh, I still haven't got a chance to watch the show. I've only seen highlights of that and uh, uh, obviously the Bullet Club match and the stuff with Mercedes. But Japan this year has had a really nice year this year. And I, I think they're in a better place than when they were during the pandemic when they put the title on Evil. And it felt like the right time to put the title on Sonata. Now, where that goes uh, as far as All In and Forbidden Door, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, we and we have the we had the tournament that's going to uh, decide who's going to be the U.S. champ that has Will Ospreay returning. So potentially we could see Will or maybe even Tanahashi versus Kenny at Forbidden Door. So I would say like a really good week for New Japan this week. Well, we did I, talk a little yeah. bit about New Japan earlier. How they it, there's an opening right now to gain momentum, um, and you know whether or not they can take advantage because they are providing excellent wrestling. Certainly, yeah. and 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 you know, Forbidden Door will be very important to them to mm-hmm. put eyes back on their product because uh, you know they haven't had a lot of momentum lately. But the funny thing about about this thing with Sonata is, is it too late? Like his most momentum he That's had was probably yeah. three years ago. Mm-hmm. again so it's like okay now you put the belt on him and you need to make new stars you need to make more stars you've you lost but his momentum when he won the uh the uh, new japan cup a few years ago was when it was at his height so is he is it is it now is it going to take off with him as a champion i'm not sure i like the fact that the first announced title defense is against Romo. And because then you can play into the history, the the LIJ, that type of stuff. Hiromu's a star. Um, It'll be a great match. Yeah, they those are people that work together, like most likely trained together for how many years? Like when they were in the whole LIJ situation, they were probably training along each other. So they 
they don't even have to like really discuss what what the match is going to be like they just know like all right we're going to do this if we say two this is what that means you know like you don't have to be like Sami Zayn with the piped up mic saying more and more and more to think but um, yeah that botchamania by the way this time is the botchamania just got released senator yeah. there's so much stuff for mania yeah that crowd that uh ring mic was piped up way too ko way super too kick me but um i think new japan is in a very tough situation new japan and same with impact and to go against and to go with what joel said to me a very good title defense that unfortunately had to come to an end was the impact title josh alexander he had a really good run but because he was on impact nobody actually knows what the run really was but his actual run was really good and impact new japan got hurt by covid a lot oh yeah and even though the crowd doesn't really get to make that much noise on the regular it still got hurt because when wwe and AEW were able to have crowds there New Japan still wasn't able to have the crowds there. And when they were able to, it was such low crowds that for westernized uh, wrestling fans watching it, unless you're a true wrestling fan, you can't get into it because you're so used to the crowd sound. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're used to. Just the clapping isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of breaking news, quote unquote. Uh, Chris Jericho just put a tweet out. It's going to probably co- cause a little bit of controversy. Right. Um, says makes me laugh when critics already proclaim AW All In at Wembley a failure. Anyone has any idea how many tickets we will sell? Except the fact checkers and promoters doing the research. Shut the fuck up. Once again, I expect a shitload of loudmouths to have their mouths shut very soon. <laughs> Jer- Jericho is fully behind AEW. He he lives and bleeds those. He's colors. all in. Yeah, he's. I was trying to avoid that, but <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, it was right there. It was on the plate. You had to eat it. He was not all in his Lakers defense right now. So you have me for the rest of the pod. Uh it's <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, and you need guys like Jericho to fully believe. Because if they believe, then that hopefully spreads through the locker room. And it just so, you you need all in to be if, I think I think one thing that will be a big draw for them potentially is if Will Ospreay is on that card like he wants to be, and you get the right match. I mean, I would probably hold off on Osprey and and uh Omega, though you could have that be the uh the final That's match out. of the trilogy. But I mean, I would probably hold off on it because it does sound like Punk and Kenny. Well, the more you hear it, sounds yeah, like punk the more you hear about it, which again yeah. will take it to, you know, I mean, FDR mentioned it could take it to the next level. I mean, who knows, you know, what what happens. With so, that. Morton, I, I had this pitch to Joy yesterday, and Senator and I talked about this the fact that we're not all in. So, there's been a lot of talk about who Brian would face, right? And where you do the Saber match. And some people are like, do you save the Saber match for, you know, all in, or do you do it at Forbidden Door? I promote to you, uh, and I brought this up to Senator. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, and I talked to Joe about it. Daniel Bryan's opponent for All In in Wembley Stadium won Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Why is that? 
No, he's he's his injuries are they'll he never. He, he said he has one more match left in him. Just recently, I don't believe it. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, it would be great. I just can't see it happening. Yeah, uh, I just I just don't see it happening. If there was a place and a time, that is the that is the spot. That is the spot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, I just I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, and I think you want to be careful with too much. If you're going to sell Forbidden Door on pay-per-view, you want to be careful about having too much New Japan crossover at all in because, yeah. you know, you want to keep that special. So, I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's a difficult balance. I mean, who knows if, if Nigel McGuinness does have one left in him, then obviously Danielson is the match to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a good match for Danielson at all in. Shibata. That'd be great. <laughs> That's one that Shibata wants badly. He's yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And now that he has that ROH PR championship. You could tell the story of both these guys had to leave wrestling because of concussions. We never thought we'd see this match, and now we're having it now. That's there's a good story there. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of stories for Brian. You if Depending on where you place Okada, Okada and Brian would be like at this point. It's just like this is going to be an, an incredible wrestling match, and this is where we're putting it. And here you go. Because I do think I was going to ask you: Would you rather have it be Hunk versus Kenny one on one at All In, or would you six rather man. have it be CMFTR versus Six Man? man. I think six you man. do the Six Man at All In, and then Kenny and Punk the next week at All Out. You make people pay. I mean, that's the question too. Of which one do you want people to pay for? And I think if the six man can build onto the singles, I think right, that's the best way to book that potentially. And then I would assume for that Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door will probably wins the tournament. You get Will and Kenny two, potentially Will wins back the the championship there. You could do Brian and Zach there. I just don't know now who Sonata. I guess it would be Sonata and MJF. Maybe, but I no. don't know. No, they wouldn't um, be doing that. That match just no. doesn't seem to work very well. No, they, you won't see champion versus champion. We didn't see it last time. We oh, no, you're right. You're right. So who would you yeah. have Sonata versus then? Maybe Mox? Um, it has to be somebody, yeah. It has to be somebody that theoretically Sonata is going to go over with, but people really want to see. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is at this point. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I someone mean, from the Mox, Pillars Mox match? Mox would make Maybe. sense. Cesaro, I could see. Maybe you someone know. from the Pillars match, maybe like a Darby or a Jungle Boy or something like that. Mm. Sammy Guevara. I don't know. That's I don't think no. that's going to be. No, I don't Jericho? think ability wise. Jericho, I think would be interesting. I, uh, I think Darby's going to be busy at All In. I think Darby and Sting's happening happening at All In. I think Sting's last match is at All In. Yeah. Would not surprise me. I would yeah. like and... to see for Sonata to tell you the truth, just to get just to get the crowd involvement and as we're speaking about um momentum for sonata sonata cole oh yeah but my question is if the idea is potentially mjf and cole at all in or maybe all out one of the two do you want cole to take a loss to a champion that's my only question how it's done i think yeah right and and how it's done and really, to tell you the truth, as much as Forbidden Door is like a looked upon show, the wins and loss don't really matter. 
on that show. Like, because they're going back to whatever company that they're going to, and they're just yeah. continuing whatever story. Like, this mm-hmm. is just a instant moment in time that is just a fun thing for us to watch. And the storyline, they can build up every storyline on their own shows the next week. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and this might even give more momentum to MJF to be like, oh, you couldn't even beat Sonata. What makes you think you could beat the greatest wrestler holding, uh, what does he call the belt now? BBB, uh, Triple B, the Triple yeah. B. If you can't beat Sonata for that belt, how can you beat somebody holding the Triple B? You know what I mean? Like, this adds to MJF's momentum into it if he loses. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really take away from anything. Or you could even just have MJF cost him the belt, the cost him the match. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, then I guess my question for you guys is what's the Mercedes match? Is it Hater or is it Brit? Or do you save Brit for all in? Or do you save Hater for all in? It most likely will be, (laughs) to tell you the truth, it most likely will be Brit because Brit gets all those matches. Mm -hmm. It depends on her health, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the more, the more. She's taking, I mean, and I don't if you got none of you guys have watched All Access, I'm guessing, right? Because it's not in Canada. No. Yeah, I just, I, I watch enough wrestling shows. I don't need to watch. That yeah. One. So I, I've been watching All Access. It's, it's fine. Um, she's been taking cortisone shots in the back, apparently, for like the last year. And that's one yeah. of the reasons her feud with Thunder Rosa has been going so strong because she, I've been taking, you know, cortisone to, to my back wrestling and then taking a plan to go do my dentist stuff and you're just sitting on commentary doing nothing and you know i, I heard thunder side of the story too like i don't know if there's any right or wrong and then i in inside and thunder got to be on all access last week to say her piece inside of things uh but yeah so just kind of in the launch story of that i do worry about brits with her injuries i mean i wonder if and i you know it worked because haters over but i wonder if because of her injuries that's why brit isn't showing as much as, as far as wrestling lately it's gonna be Mercedes Monet versus Riho because you know they book Riho mm. for everything. Well, I actually wonder if I think Mercedes might lose this next match. I'm really curious what Mercedes. Oh, Uh-oh. Morton. I'm really upset, Morton. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, I I thought I loved Mercedes. You brought up all access. That's what kicked him off. Right. Now. <laughs> we, we've lost him forever. We scared him away. We'll we'll get him back. But I do wonder, you know, I'm not as familiar, obviously, with stardom. And I know all of us are still kind of, you know, getting more into stardom and whatnot. But from my understanding, the woman that she's facing, uh, I'm not going to try to butcher her name. uh, But my understanding is she is, some people consider her one of, if not the top female talent in the world. She's up there as one of. So it, it's going to be interesting because I, I do wonder how much of the state of WWE, because I was convinced she's going to be back by SummerSlam. That she's she gonna seems be... like she's having too much fun right now. I'm, I'm sorry, Morton, that I brought up Mercedes losing and it upset you and made you leave the stream. I thought I loved Mercedes the most on our stream, but apparently not. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, that's my girl. Uh, but I was saying, uh, uh, Morton, I... I contend that that match that mercedes is about to have i think she might lose but i think that you know it's not the worst thing i do think mercedes will be with japan for this next year though like i think she's just she just seems so happy she's 
uh, in the ring. She looks, you know, she's still trying to catch with the speed of Japan. I think she's still trying to hit that. Like in that three-way, there were some sloppy moments at times for her. It still is a, you know, it's still a great match, but you can tell she's still trying to catch up. But she speed. herself looks relaxed, doesn't she? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's how oh, I, yeah. That's how I described it when I see her. I'm like, she looks relaxed. She looks like the, like, she had the weight of the world on her shoulders before. Yep. And now she can just have fun and enjoy what she loves. It reminds me of Punk. Like that that year after uh, Money in the Bank when Punk came back and he's like, I can do change. I can do this. I can do this. And I and I want to do this. Mercedes kind of felt like that in, when she was back in WWE. Like, I can do this. And I can do this. And I can do this. And I want to do this. And it just was never going to be there because she wasn't the golden goose. That's that's Charlotte or that's Becky. She was never going to be looked at that I way. I don't see her coming back anytime soon. I, I don't I see. I, I, I think she likes just, you know, she's getting all these acting gigs. There's a rumored Marvel gig that she's apparently attached to. Um, she's going to be part of the Star Wars for the long, the long term. You know, as, as Star Wars Celebration happened this week, uh, they announced that Dave Filoni like, will have like a big finale movie and she's going to be part of that apparently so she's going to be in the star wars realm now for a while be part of one of the biggest star wars movies that'll ever happen in like five years time when we build up this mandoverse uh she seems like she's having an absolute ball going to these comic and wrestling conventions and just being herself and being in japan as well so yeah and you know what she uh i get the feeling that we're going to see bailey join her before we see her come back to wwe i think it's more likely we see bailey with join her out there yeah, personally, Bailey not a free agent until twenty twenty four. By the way, yeah, well, but I agree. So, yeah, I agree. so before I still say, yeah. Here, here's my question for you guys: Why did they never? Why do you think Vince and WWE never cashed in on Sasha the way they should have? Because she wasn't a flair. That's that. That's one of the reasons. That's a lot why. of it. And then Becky, Becky just got hot at the right time. I mean Bailey, they still never seen the brilliance of Bailey. I mean, for the horsewoman, it's as far as a wrestler, Sasha's by far the best. As far as charisma, it's her or Becky. Um, you know, you can go either way in it. Like, I, and I'm not the right person to talk about Sasha because she's my favorite current wrestler, so I'm gonna be biased towards the subject. So maybe Senator or Morton would be better suited to answer that. Yeah, question. I think so. I think Bailey's the best wrestler. <laughs> she, there you go. So there you go, yeah. I, I, I think it's close. Yeah. I mean, I still think That's the best close. women's match. I still think the two best women's matches they've had in the last 10 years involve Sasha in it between the Bel Air match at Mania and the 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 one with Bailey. I still think it's the best women's match. The Iron Man match? That takeover. The, uh, Iron Man match is up there too, but that takeover match, it's okay. the best women's match I've still seen to date. No matter how many people want to say is Rhea and Charlotte, which was very, very good. I think, I think the reason why they didn't capitalize on Sasha was because Sasha always seemed like a person that was I think they felt like they she had this super love to wanting to be a WWE superstar and other people that they cash in on if you really look at it a lot of them don't even know anything about wrestling <laughs> like they did the whole diva unless they're second generation that's yeah. the exception yeah, that's the exception. Ding, ding, and ding. so you look at you look at Sasha was a little too charismatic for what they what they really wanted. Paige, if you look at Paige, Paige was easy to kind of market because she was the anti diva during that time. 
but they didn't really want to they didn't really want to keep the belt on AJ Lee for too long. And AJ Lee is was one of those ones that loved wrestling growing up. Like she was a true fan, somebody that actually wanted to work on their craft, wanted to get better, all this stuff. If you look at uh the pandemic era, they Sasha carried. and Bailey carried WWE. Mm-hmm. Morn and I had them as our co-wrestlers of the year because they yeah. the three best wrestlers that the, the four wrestlers that carried during the pandemic were Mox, Sheeta, Bailey, Sasha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just like you know that they have a love for wrestling, and so you try to capitalize on it. And you and don't have to you don't have to push it because Alexa well, she, Bliss was getting she's always pushed. come across like a person with a mind of her own. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't like that. No, they fucking hate it. I mean, look what happened to you the know? Bellas. When Nikki finally started speaking out and saying, like, like she said, like, I didn't want to be the arm candy anymore. Like she's like, me and Brie wanted to be in the ring more. We wanted to wrestle more. And yeah, I know they're limited in the ring, but they legitimately, the more you hear about the Bellas talk about it. They legit had a passion to be in the ring. Now, Nikki's neck didn't agree with her, but the more they talked out about having that passion and not wanting to be arm candy and stuff like that, it seemed the more that they pushed away from them all of a sudden because, like, you want to wrestle? No, no, no. Like, just be hot. And but they you also, you, didn't want that. They just wanted to wrestle. I, so here's a, I try not to be too much of a company man. I agree with them. Keep them out of the ring. Uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Like that Brie mode stuff was getting so annoying all the time. And I was like, man, every time she had to wrestle a match, I was like, is there anything else on, on my TV? Like, let me, let me see. The funny thing about Brie mode is for people that don't watch total divas, Brie mode was when she was absolutely sloshed. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was the stupidest thing. It's like Brie mode. It's like people that don't know total divas right now are like the watch Total divas. Like, so you're just going to get super drunk in the ring. Like I'm confused. <laughs> Well, Senator's not wrong, I'll say, but I still think Bree's the better of the two. <laughs> yeah. Although Nikki was getting better, like that SmackDown yeah. run in uh, 17, I thought Nikki had a few good feuds then. Uh, she was getting better. Like She wasn't like a ring general or anything like that, but I that thought was, she was... That was the last end of the diva era, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, not, she's not Dana Brooke bad. Give Dana a chance. <laughs> that yeah. was a fucking Come thing. On. Um... I just had a random thought and I just wanted to see, ask you guys because of this, we talked about this. This is going back like to the very beginning of the podcast, but it just, I just always am thinking with the Trish turn, Mm. would it be, would it be more helpful if she is used for NXT call up like a Zoe Stark or somebody like that to help maybe, try building that momentum for them as a as a as a call up. Well the guy who's never thinking I think you're right. <laughs> Are <laughs> you saying have them as like a as a stable or having her beat them? So I'm thinking because obviously you have Lita, you have Lita and Becky on one side, right? Yeah. And have where Trish isn't the one that actually laid out Lita. I agree with you, yeah. You could have like a Zoe Stark was a person that because that's a long term effect that's gonna take them when Trish inevitably because I'm assuming Trish is gonna face Bex at Saudi, so after that happens and and Trish leaves, I, feel I mean I, to, I, I feel backlash. It could be 
uh, but the way how they're know, the, the Saudi, the, the Saudi, the Saudi prince probably you know asked for Trish Stratus and so. Yokozuna again, and Yokozuna and Ultimate Warrior. Tatanka, I think he asked for Tatanka one time, which I don't think that's ideal. If you want to get Tatanka, it's a, um, yeah. I think he's, he's available. He's definitely <laughs> available. Maybe he gets Iron Sheik. He's got a documentary next week. It's it'd be interesting because yeah, you. This is the one thing that AEW has done really well is they've used their legends in a way that haven't overshadowed their their young talent. They're supposed to give their young talent the rub. Yeah, yeah that's the point. And that's and that's where I think having having something that could have a young performer with Trish that will be there in the long term would be very beneficial to their product. Very beneficial to getting. It should be Cora. It, that could be a super fan like that could easily be something where it's like she loves pro wrestling love trish so trish it asked be stratton that's what it should be it she's should practically be yeah she's practically trish 2.0 already except for the mega <laughs> but it, uh, it you you ease you should be paying it forward i think i think that's a really good idea but they won't do and Trish, I think you got for a little bit, because I think as far as like her main commitment, uh, Canada's Got Talent. Um, I think she shot all of it. Yeah, she I did. Uh, yeah, okay. one of the my friends, my friends, uh, kid is on was on tonight. Oh, in nice. A dance, in a dance group. Very cool. Yeah. So I mean, use that to your advantage. I mean, I think the other thing too they're doing with the women. Is that um, it looks like I I, I pitch this to Senator. I think EO should win the title and then get Belair, get her off of Raw, get her to SmackDown. I know the draft doesn't matter, but still, this is they kind of pretend them care for at least the first three months. Um, and then the move her away, move her yeah. away, have EO, and then you build to EO and Bailey at SummerSlam. That's what I would do because you don't, Belair Dakota doesn't Kai, special guest referee. Yeah, Dakota, I'm very actually worried. What do you mean she's in the Shark Tank above the above? And you want that Shark Tank back? I am really worried about. They loved this. I didn't care for it. They loved it though. They they did, yeah. Enzo was in there. Heyman was in there. Yeah, we saw one. Joel and I saw one live in NXT. I can't remember. Oh, is it who was it, Joel? It was oh that Aussie team versus the who are the big dudes again? Oh, Uh, AOP. Authors of Pain, yeah. And it was against the Aussie guys. And it was, uh, who's in the shark cage? It was the LOD manager, right? Ellering? Paul Ellering. I think it was Ellering. Yeah, yeah. We saw one in Toronto. They saw the shark cage in Toronto. I liked that from my memory. I did. I was like, no. I, did, I, I had until just now. Like, I, wait a minute. I think I saw one of these. <laughs> so it proves that Hunter likes the shark cage. That's what it, it tells me. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their Judy Bagwell on a bowl, on a pole, <laughs> yeah. you know, thing that they love. Um, all right, uh, I guess we should start to wrap up here. But any kind of yeah. last anything last thoughts anyone wanted to bring up at all? I didn't have a first thought. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a it's a fun time right now where you're in between stuff. I, I will say, like I I had a really fun time with those side shows during Mania with those GCW shows. I thought there was a lot of fun stuff there. And, you know, Mike Bailey is super damn talented. I just right. want to say that. Vicinio got told I uh, Vicinio got told this week by Ray and by Conan to calm the fuck down. Kind of sounds reminiscent to what Jericho told Will Ospreay. It's not going to, he's not going to calm down until he gets hurt. 
and then he's yeah, gonna that's what totally right. Yeah. But those, yeah, I it was like doing the the fight, uh, fight plus, and watching some of these smaller shows. It was a lot of fun. Like Bloodsport yeah. was a lot of fun. Like I enjoyed Bloodsport is awesome. And seeing Kota Ibushi again, being Kota Ibushi, I'm like, man, I can't wait for him to help out Kenny and the Bucks and hang around. <laughs> By the way, that well, was I tell you, I'm, that was I'm, teased in BTE. Like I say, I've been catching up on a lot of my New Japan. I'm going to continue to do that over the next little while. Because if nothing else, we are building now. I mean, the dates are announced. The G1 is around the corner. And that is my favorite time of the year for wrestling. And it's leading to these AEW shows now. In some yeah. ways, Japan viewing is almost necessary viewing for AEW in a little bit. Like Just like I said, like the U.S. tournament hey, is hey, more than... Dynamite tomorrow is necessary viewing. We got Silas Young <laughs> versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Hey, we got Michael Nakasawa and Brandon Cutler versus you know Fox. That match is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> you know what? The shit out based, of them. based on what they what Cutler did in BTE, I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm here for it. This is this is great. I'm They're going to, to destroy them. I haven't watched that in forever. It was yeah. like seven minutes. It was only a seven minute episode this time, and it was basically Cutler building towards that match and building towards the elite fully coming together. Only a seven minute episode. That's usually just the Dark Order segment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will say this. Joel, you are wrong. Okay, on one thing, I can't wait for <laughs> the um, Coda versus Andre Chase match. Okay, for Chase, you who's gonna control Chase? You because everybody seems to be in control, wanting to fight for Chase. You and their whole. Did you see Bronze team? Spear on Chase? He. Fuck, that was the greatest spear I've seen since Christian Andre J- took one Andre from Goldberg. Ch- Andre that Chase spear is the was best seller crazy. for wrestling right now. Have, has yeah. anyone else seen that spear that happens on NXT at all? Yeah. Like, you got to go oh. find it. Ron, it's you remember that spear that Goldberg gave to Christian, and he literally felt like he broke Christian in half. Yeah, that's I the level of that. the that's the level of the spear that Braun gave to to uh, to Chase on NXT tonight because it was a teachable moment. It was, a, and then Duke Hudson <laughs> ran away. Duke Hudson ran away with his. There's actually a lot of good. This is the probably the most I've enjoyed NXT in a long time. They've actually they have brought me back because there's a lot of characters there I actually uh, actually care about now, and it will be interesting at the draft who gets a call up or not. And now we're kind of back to the original NXT. Like, don't get called up, just stay in NXT. <laughs> stay away from he who must not be named. But there's some good heels now, like, and that's the thing with this Roman thing. Why Cody should be champion because. I think Duke Hudson will be a good heel on the main roster. Grayson Waller will be a great heel on the main roster. Braun is showing some good signs of being a good heel. We know Carmelo with Trick can be a good heel. These could be some young talent that you could all have feud with Cody down the road. It's, yeah, well, we'll see if any of them show up in the draft. That's the only <laughs> hope because they, they didn't show up in the post-Raw and SmackDown uh, WrestleMania shows, where it's just yeah. where historically we've seen them. So if they don't show up in the draft, they went out of their way to mention in the draft that everyone is eligible. So you have to think that this is where we're going to see some call-ups. Yeah. It, it it was the one thing with the Cody not winning that it it I was a little bummed because it sounded like Cody wanted to wrestle 
any and every chance he got, defended the title as much as possible, wrestle, and you know Cody was going to work with anyone and everyone. It didn't matter who it was. He probably would have had a feud with Chad Gable for the title. Like he would, he wanted to work with everyone, and it was like that type of stuff would have been hugely beneficial to your product, especially having a champ go from barely there to now being there all the time, defending the title working hard and it's not going to be as long of a rain but it will be a rain that you can sink your teeth into because you're gonna it's it would be like the tnt title back in the day where you're waiting for that injury to build up for someone to take advantage of i i always tell people i think i watch nxt the most out of everybody on this you do you definitely do yeah and it's not because I think that it's the most amazing show in the world. I don't. I listen to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. And the way how they get excited for NXT and make it seem like the NXT is the greatest show on television, it makes me want to keep watching it. So I'm in the loop for when they're talking about it. Like if there's well, we just have the title match announced today. I don't know if you want spoilers or not. Uh, Go ahead. I'm, I'm uh, so in two weeks for Spring Breaker. It's going to be Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes, which does make me wonder if they just wanted to get the title onto Carmelo just to say he had the title and potentially Carmelo could lose and still be part of this draft to call up because he is ready. If you look at it, Carmelo was one of the people that Cody called Carmelo as one of the people to get him back into ring shape. So that would have been, to go back to Joel's point, that would have been one of those ones that would have been great because it would have elevated um, Carmelo up. Yeah. You, but he's ready. You, well, you, Grayson's ready too. Yeah. You could have easily done Cody basically doing like a mini version of the U.S. Open Challenge, like what Cena did, but with mm-hmm. the world titles. And you could have given guys like Carmelo, Grayson Waller, uh, these matches – that would have been good matches that would have helped introduce this young talent and potentially help build things moving forward. Obviously you need to have a big feud for Cody, but just having him have these little title defenses would have been hugely beneficial to your overall product. What one thing I'll say, and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. It was funny yesterday with the, um, with the travel issues for raw and, uh, you know, listening to Meltzer and to Pollock and them today talking about like people that were missed, like, Oh, there was no Miz and, there was no Seth Rollins, and these were the big names that I just realized. Like later this this evening, I'm like, no one mentioned of all the big podcasts the one guy that was missing. None of them mentioned Austin Theory, who just beat John Cena, and just feels irrelevant. It was the worst match, one of the worst matches of WrestleMania. That's why he just, he just, he just, he probably should, but if. I look at what Austin Theory is, it's Grayson Waller. I, I think what they think Austin Theory is, it's what Grayson Waller is. Well, Josh, just get ready. WrestleMania 40, Roman Reigns. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But I, I guess that's the one thing I will say. And here, like, we t- you and I, Joel, talk a lot about these NIL deals and stuff like that. Some of the better talents they have, like that we've talked about, are all NIL deals. Like Grayson Waller is NIL, Braun Breaker, NIL, Carmelo, I believe is Indies. Yeah. I believe he was. Duke Hudson, NIL. So some of these NIL talents are shining through. 
So Ruka, I think, is also NIL. Oh, you mean Cinnamon Tone Scrudge? Yeah, you fucking beat me to it, you fucker. Uh, <laughs> they, was... By the way, there was a pitch for her to do the the high-five flow or whatever it's called. It's um, soul, soul Snatcher. Soul Snatcher. There was a, a pitch for her to do that, for Rhea to come down during the match and for her to do that, but no one, or even to do it onto Dom and then her to kind of side with the LWO, and it was turned down. That would have been the greatest moment in WrestleMania history. I will say this. (laughs) You guys are worried about um, Austin Theory versus Roman Reigns for WrestleMania 40. I am worried that it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Gabe Steveson. Dude, he just went back to amateur wrestling. (sighs) He's done. It's done. And he's left. He left WWE today. He went back to amateur wrestling. I'm still worried. Yeah, well, he, no he, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't have it. I'm not even. Oh, worried about it. I don't. His I don't brother has I, it more than he does. I, mean, I don't think we will see Gable in a WWE ring. I I don't think we will. Good, good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a nice enough fella, but uh, he's got no. no he clothes. doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. All right. Google it. Google it. He does All right. Not. Well, I'm just. I know. <laughs> I know. Actually, I know. But I'm just saying. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, on that note, um, yeah, it should be a uh, fun weeks ahead here. Good AW tomorrow, still decades away from double or nothing. I don't know. Like the four pillars are going to have to take their time to, to slowly. I mean, they've done an okay job so far with the four pillars, but it's definitely, I, I, it's the thing I always hate about AW people. What the good thing about this and I'll end on this, uh, once we get to double or nothing, it's just going to be like boom, show, boom, show, boom, show. Because we have like the most AW big shows in a month span that we've ever had. This is true. Yeah, this is true. So is so. Uh, my last my last question, very last question, yes or no? Is is Phil Brooks appearing on the end of Double or Nothing? I don't know at the end of Double or Nothing, but I think he'll be back in AW this calendar year. I agree. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to see him back. It's, <laughs> it's my problem. <laughs> so I'm like, will we see him back? I suppose we might, but I don't I don't want to see him back. I think he'll be back, and I think that will be the build towards you have him back, and that starts the build for all in. Yeah. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Oh, by the way, uh, make sure you listen. Senator, pitch your shows because we you got a lot of shows and I always want to get them pitched. I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to check out Keeping Up With The Senator. It's the reality show podcast uh, live every Tuesday, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, YouTube.com at Keeping Up With The Senator or Twitch.tv slash It's The Senator. Not so soft pod, the seven K pick pod. What's the name of the basketball pod? I see you so the ISO ISO pod. There we go. And yeah, that's all the stuff I'm working on. Morton, we'll bring you on for the draft pod when we do the mock draft again. I'm into it. As we learned today, Senator does not need any more fucking secondary players. Because now they got Jeff Akua and they have Jesse Bates and just keep on taking all the good secondary players. No Gonzalez for you anymore, Senator. My defense is trash, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Backing it up. Joel's secondary, not so good. Neither is my secondary, but 
Fed Falcon secondary. I, Very I'm, good. I'm just a fantasy football fan, so my secondary is fantastic. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, oh, and Morton, do you got anything to pitch for We Talk this week? Uh, no, not this week. It's a, it's a uh, light week for us this week in, uh, in We Talk land because we're focused on some other things mainly to do with the graphic novel. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day, people. Morton, what have you been listening to? Your wrestling podcast. <laughs>